0: Welcome to today's edition of the Career 100 Podcast. Your host, Felicia Gopal, founder of collegefundingresource.com, will be interviewing professionals each week that are currently working in one of the top 100 careers for 2011. This series is designed to introduce students to different career options that are in demand and share the path each practitioner has taken to arrive in their current position we want to expose you to the varied and distinguished careers of our guests and to perhaps inspire you to consider following in their footsteps or better yet blaze your own trail so sit back and relax as felicia interviews professionals about how they came to be in the top 100 careers
1: This is Felicia Gopal of College Funding Resource. With me today, I have Dr. Roseman, who is going to be talking today about one of the top 100 careers for the next decade becoming a dentist. Many of the students who may be listening to this are going to be interested in becoming a dentist, or at least they're considering pursuing that as a potential career after they've graduated. So, we're going to talk today to a practitioner who will share his pathway to becoming a dentist, and he'll also be sharing with us different ideas on different ways. That you can get to the end goal of becoming a dentist. So, as I said, today what we have is Dr. Roseman. He graduated from Howard University College of Dentistry in 1985. He's been in practice, including his internships in and around the New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania areas. And he served for a period of time as the uh, Assistant Director of Admissions for New York University College of Dentistry. So I hope he'll share with us the pathway to becoming a dentist through there. I just want to say, Dr. Roseman, it's my pleasure to welcome you to today's call.
2: Thank you so much for that kind introduction, and I hope I can share some positive information with you today.
1: I'm sure you will. You know, as i 've gotten older, one of the things that has become clear to me that maintaining my dental health is an important factor not just in maintaining my teeth but it's also a factor in improving and maintaining my health and I hope that you'll be able to spend some time talking to us about why that's so but definitely I'm just kind of wondering I have a girlfriend when I was growing up who had a positive experience with her orthodontist and thus started her interest in becoming a orthodontist is that one of the keys to you becoming a dentist or did you have a positive experience with a dentist?
2: Yes, I did, quite frankly. That's a very similar uh, path that directed me into the profession. I had a very positive experience with my dentist as a youngster and became interested in what he did, and he was kind enough to show me a lot of things that he did as a dentist, which only piqued my interest even more, which led to my career path.
1: Well, that's fascinating. It's just like as my children are starting to grow older, one of the things that I think is really important is that they consider various different paths, and having somebody that they can kind of shadow and follow to learn a little bit more about the career, I think, will only help them as they start to develop that. Now, I only have a six- and a nine-year-old, and so today they want to be a doctor tomorrow, they want to be a scientist, and in two years, who knows what they'll want to be, but I think that it's an important part of their development that they start to consider these things and find good role models that they can follow and perhaps pattern their
2: careers around. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I think one of the things that enlightened me at a young age when I did shadow is what a dentist did. I think sometimes people just view it as filling teeth, extracting teeth, but there's a lot more to what a dentist does, particularly from a patient education standpoint and an overall health standpoint and the correlation that the oral cavity has to the other body systems. So you get an opportunity to see that and hear that, and it just really enlightened me personally to even become more interested in the profession. My particular path led me to going to dental college, and I was a biology major. I majored in biology and then applied to dental school. There's a central application service called ADCESS, which is the American Association of Dental Schools Application Service. And then I took an examination called the dental admissions test, which every applicant to an American dental school has to take. Those are two of the primary things that are used to evaluate applicants besides their obvious college transcripts, which may entail undergraduate as well as graduate studies.
1: So I know that you went with an undergraduate degree, but certainly some of the people who follow me and will listen to this are going to be, if you will, non-traditional students who are perhaps returning to careers. Do you have any experience and knowledge of how people might navigate and become a dentist if they weren't going through the, I'm 18, I go four years to college, after that I apply for dental school, if they were pursuing another pathway, are there other pathways to becoming a dentist?
2: There are certain things that are required. There are minimum requirements in terms of two years of chemistry, uh, year of physics, year of English, and there are individual requirements that individual dental schools may require of their applicants. It tends to be preferred that people have a bachelor's degree or, or the bachelor's track or even more graduate degree. But I know of people that may have gotten into dental school early as a result of their academic record. It's a little tougher to go that route, but it's not impossible. Then there are other people that may have had a different career and gone back to complete the application requirements and have also applied to dental school and been successful in getting accepted.
1: Now, didn't you have a friend who was an engineer who wanted to become a dentist?
2: Yes, I, I did have a friend that was an engineer, and actually while I was in dental school, he kept asking me about how my dental school experience was, and I told him I really enjoyed it. And he told me he wanted to become a dentist. He made up his mind. He actually went back, completed his minimum requirements for dental school, took his dental school admissions test, applied to dental school, and was accepted. And now he's a dentist. So he actually changed his career path from an engineer to a dentist. I also had an applicant when I was on the admissions committee who was an architect. And same sort of thing, always wanted to be a dentist and decided after doing architecture for five years that he wanted to go to dental school. Same thing, he made tremendous sacrifices in terms of family, but he made those sacrifices, applied to dental school, completed the requirements that was needed, and he's also a dentist at this time.
1: All right. So it's about fulfilling your core requirements, and you talked about chemistry, physics, and English. Does that mean that you have to be a science major to go to dental school, or you've got to at least have taken those sorts of classes?
2: The minimum requirements in biology, chemistry, and physics are required And you do not have to be a science major. I personally think it's a plus because it just prepares you a little bit more for the academic challenges that you'll face in dental school. And the dental schools, even though they don't require you being a science major, it probably is a plus in your application. But it is not a requirement. I do know people that are dentists today that were history majors, English majors, and various majors in their undergraduate studies.
1: All right. So I think that would be good news for those people who are considering this as a second career or they had already pursued a history major or they're currently pursuing a history major. The good news from their particular standpoint is it does not need to be the end of their experience or Their dream of becoming a dentist, it just means that they're going to have to make sure that they've taken the core classes of biology, chemistry, and physics, as well as English, so that they're prepared for the curriculum that they'd have to pursue in dental school.
2: Correct. And some individual dental schools may have a few other requirements of their applicants, and usually if you're interested in a particular school, you can visit their website and get an opportunity to see what their minimum requirements are.
1: I've kind of asked this question, but I wanted to ask it a little bit more directly this time. So if somebody wanted to become a dentist, where should they start?
2: Okay, let's look at where they are in their career. A youngster has an opportunity to become involved by shadowing dentists via dentists that may be in private practice, dentists that may be at dental schools or clinics. And when and you say
1: a youngster, you mean
2: somebody who's in high school. Is that? High school, yeah, high school age. And even people that are in college in their early years, freshmen, sophomores, who haven't quite decided their career avenue, it's a great way to see if dentistry is something that might be of interest to them. So I would highly recommend visiting a dental facility of some sort and really speaking to the dentist there and having an opportunity to shadow them and see what they do and see if that's something that would be of interest to them.
1: Okay. Well, one of the things that you talked about is when you were shadowing your dentist, you said that there was a lot of other things other than just extracting teeth and cleanings that dentists do. So could you talk a little bit more about that?
2: Okay. Well, today there's really a tremendous amount of technology used in dentistry, you know, lasers, computers. I think the biggest lightning moment for me was the correlation of how the oral cavity works with other body systems, and I think sometimes people view dentistry as just the oral cavity, but it's really the entrance to the body systems, and your oral environment actually can indicate diseases. Sometimes the first sign of disease can be in oral cavity, so it was just interesting to watch things like oral cancer screenings and things that the dentist did that I never thought about, so it just really piqued my interest even more about how it is an important part of the overall health of a patient.
1: Is that partly because a lot of things that come into our bodies come in through our mouth?
2: Exactly. Periodontal disease is probably one of the most common diseases that we have as an adult. And it's in the mouth. It's an oral disease. And it's bacteria-oriented. And when you think about it, anything you eat goes through your mouth. So that means no matter what you do to prepare your food, cook it, Heat do what you have to do to make it a healthier thing to ingest. Then you put it through a an area that's bacteria laden. So you have to view that taking care of your mouth and oral environment is a critical part of maintaining your overall health. And research has now shown that there's a correlation between periodontal disease and preterm low birth weight babies, cardiovascular disease, and other overall body disorders. So it's critical that you get evaluated for periodontal disease and other oral diseases. This is another reason why it's really a growing profession in the future because we're becoming more and more aware of how important it is in the overall health of a patient.
1: It definitely sounds like you enjoy what you do, and I think that that's always something that I love to hear when I talk to various different people about their careers, is I love to talk to people who love what they do. But what do you like about being a dentist?
2: What do I like about being a dentist is really helping people improving their quality of life and there's nothing more I guess exciting for me is to actually watch a person change who may come in and have some issues that they're concerned about whether it be something of a cosmetic nature or functional nature where they can't eat well or they don't smile because they're not happy with the way their smile is to somebody that comes in and they smile broadly their whole self-esteem changes that is really rewarding for me.
1: I can get that. I can definitely get that a dentist would enjoy helping people. I have known people who didn't smile because they had challenges with their teeth in their mind, and so I know that as they've worked to change things, it's really made a big difference in how they appear, and definitely I'm seeing more smiles. So kudos to all the dentists out there who are making people's smiles much brighter because it makes the
2: world much brighter. I would definitely agree with that.
1: Good. So is there a test similar to the GMAT or the LSAT? The GMAT is, of course, the test for business school, and the LSAT is the test for law school. Is there a similar test to that for dental school?
2: Yes, there is, and it's called the DAT, or D-A-T, so it's the Dental Admissions Test, and it's pretty much the same thing. It's a standardized test that all applicants to dental school Take it's along the same lines as the GMAT and LSAT, and the dental schools view it pretty strongly because it's something that everybody has to take. So you're all on an equal plane there to be evaluated in terms of the other applicants of that particular class coming in.
1: I'd assume, like those two tests, that it would be important for you to score as highly as possible. Is it related to the classes that you took in as an undergrad? Is it tied to that, or is it more an assessment test? on your knowledge and how well you can take a test
2: it is a bit of both it tests you on some of the basic sciences that you've had in undergrad biology chemistry physics it has a reading comprehension component and one of the unique things on a dental admissions test is a perceptual aptitude test where you actually will have objects that have different geometric forms and shapes And it just tests your perception from a two-dimensional and three-dimensional standpoint.
1: Well, that is unusual. I've looked at both the LSAT and the GMAT, and I know that they don't have that component
2: to it. Right. This one's unique to the dental admissions test.
1: Okay. So after you complete dental school, are you done, or is there another step in the whole process of becoming a dentist?
2: Let's just say at the entry level, Once you become a doctor, you are a perpetual student. You'll be a student for the rest of your life. When you complete your initial four-year DDS degree or DMD degree, many people go on to do residencies. There are a lot of different specialties in dentistry. You have the general practitioner, but you also have orthodontists. You have pediatric dentists. You have oral surgeons. You have endodontists who are specialists in performing root canals. You have prosthodontists who are specialists in making removable or fixed appliances for the patient. You have periodontists who's work on the gum tissue and the bone supporting your teeth. So there are various different residencies and specialties within the profession. So after completing your four-year degree, people have gone on to do a range of one to possibly six more years of training depending on the specialties that they may choose, not including Continuing education, which is something I highly recommend, and all conscientious healthcare providers do because technology changes so much every day. You need to stay current with the new technologies coming out.
1: Wow, you talked about a lot of different things. I know that prior to having some of the dental challenges that I've had recently, I really just thought that there was a dentist. All of the other things that you talked about were kind of beyond my scope. I liken it to finding out that there's this whole new alternate universe out there in terms of dentistry that I really had no experience in because I had never really had any serious issues other than, you know, I needed a cavity filled from time to time.
2: The specialists tend to be in areas where there are more advanced issues. Also, a well-rounded general practice residency program. I did a two-year general practice residency program after dental school, which gave me an opportunity to get an additional level of education in all these particular specialties that I mentioned to you. And it's really important to get as much as you can in a particular area. When a case gets advanced past a doctor's level of expertise, they may refer the patient to a specialist in that particular area that has great concern. So that's where these other specialties may come into play. You may have been fortunate enough not to have significant issues that required you to be referred to a specialist.
1: Either that or I had dentists that had those types of specialties and they just took care of it. And I didn't even realize that there was an opportunity to have referred me on to somebody else who was the specialist just because my dentist had had the training that meant that he could kind of handle wherever my teeth issues were going.
2: Exactly, exactly, exactly.
1: Great. So definitely sounds like once you become a dentist and you've completed your residency that you're not done. I definitely heard you say that it's kind of a lifelong career of not just continuing education so that you can stay on top of the changes in the field, but also learning about maybe different specializations that you can bring into your practice so that you could assist your clients in the chair rather than referring them out to
2: other people. Is
1: that a fair assessment?
2: That is a fair assessment. There's another point that I also want to make for people that are interested in dentistry. Dentistry is an exciting career particularly to women nowadays because it affords them the opportunity and flexibility to raise a family as a result of that the number of female applicants and dental students has risen tremendously in the last 10 to 15 years to the point where i would say right now from a breakdown that most dental school classes are pretty much 50 50 in terms of male-female at this point, as opposed to, say, 20 and 30 years ago when people viewed the dentist as a male. Okay. So it's a quite attractive profession now to females, predominantly when I speak to them because it provides them the flexibility to raise a family but still have a professional career. So that's something that young ladies, when they're looking at careers, dentistry provides a little bit of flexibility in your schedule to afford that for you. The other thing that I want to highlight is that there are different ways to practice dentistry, and I say that in that you can get into academia where you're in the dental school or graduate schools teaching the various aspects of dentistry. Also, the military. The military. All military branches have dental cores, the Army, the Navy, the Air Force. I'm not sure about the Marines. I think they use the Navy, but quite a few dental school graduates have gone on to the military to serve full careers as military dentists.
1: It's certainly not something that I would have thought about. I mean, despite the fact that my father was in the Air Force for over 20-something years, I never really thought about how the dentist that I saw during those times had gotten trained. But right. certainly I can see that that would be a career. What other ones other than okay. academics and military?
2: Okay, public health dentists. Public health service is actually a form of military service, and they would go on to Native American reservations or very underserved areas to provide dental care and oral care and patient education to better care for yourself. So that's another option, public health. Besides private practice and corporate dentistry, where you may have large corporations that have employee dentists providing either services to their specific employees or contractually to people that may contract with that particular corporation to have their clients, their employees, or people that have hired them to utilize that corporate dental program. Research is a big one because people that are in dental research, that because they don't like working in people's mouths, they work in research. So there are a multitude of ways that dentistry is practiced besides private practice.
1: Well, I think that's definitely been surprising to me because when I think about dentistry, I really think about a private practice, but you've definitely talked about a number of different ways that people can serve as a dentist that were beyond the scope of things or areas that I thought that a dentist could serve in. So I thank you for that. Let me kind of wrap this up with asking you, why do you think that being a dentist is in the top 100 careers for the next decade?
2: I'll say that the population is maturing, as you know. People are living longer. People are more health-oriented. And as a result of that, they have an increased awareness of what is available to them in terms of dental services. You know, we now have things such as lasers, computer-assisted design and computer-assisted mill restorations, implants. So because of the advances in technology now, dentistry is a lot more pleasant, a lot more accurate. There's a lot more services available. I didn't even touch on the cosmetic component of dentistry that's been hyped a lot in the media. As a result, people are just more and more aware of what's available to them, yet there's even more that people aren't aware of. And as people learn what can be done at the dentist and what dental services provide, I think it's just a tremendous amount of growth that's still there in the profession.
1: I could definitely see that. I mean, it's about our population maturing, and I definitely know that as a consumer. I sometimes evaluate the choices that I'm making in light of my health insurance, but also about what is possible. And certainly sometimes when I'm sitting in my dentist's office, he is very instrumental in bringing things to my attention that I hadn't really thought about. So I've always had this baby tooth, despite the fact that I'm in my 40s, you know, having the possibility of taking the baby tooth out, extracting the baby tooth and putting something else there. It has always been something I never wanted to do anything about because I didn't want to walk around with a hole in the front of my mouth. But now there's a lot more that is available, so I can definitely see how cosmetics and knowledge are really driving and will continue to drive why dentistry is one of the top careers for the next decade. I just wanted to ask, do you have any final thoughts or do you have any other resources that people can go to if they were looking for additional information on becoming a dentist?
2: You can visit the Association of American Dental Schools Application Service, or ADSAS, A-A-D-S-A-S, and they have information that is available for people that are interested in dental school, as well as individual dental schools will have websites which will pretty much tell you what their minimum requirements are and application procedures needed to apply to dental school i personally think that if it's something of interest to you to research it you know speak to some dentists visit dental facilities and talk to the doctors and get their feel on the profession and if they allow you to shadow them shadow them and see if it's a career that you may be interested in just go after it wherever you are to pursue it and see if it's something that may be of interest to you because i think it's a great profession
1: Well, you've definitely educated those people who will come across this interview and cleared up and expanded our knowledge of the whole dentistry Mm -hmm. profession in that it's not just from a private practice perspective. There's lots of other places that they could serve in terms of academics, military, corporations, as well as public health. So I thank you very much for taking the time to share with us. I believe that you had some resources at UMDNJ that you wanted to share.
2: Sure. If you're in the New Jersey area, the UMDNJ.edu, that's UMDNJ.edu, and you can click on the dental, and you can get a lot of information there. As well, in the New York area, you have NYU.edu. And you can click on the Dental School tab and get a lot of information about both those institutions as well as other institutions in the field of dentistry.
1: Well, thank you very much for your time today. I'm sure that everybody got a lot out of what you had to share. I think one of the things that everybody would have definitely gotten out of it is how much you enjoy being a dentist, and I thank you for that. And I just hope that those people who are looking to become a dentist, that they take the time to listen to this interview through a couple of different times. I think there's some great information. You may not get it all the first time. And I invite you to continue listening and watch for the next episode of College Experts Talk on College Funding Resource Site. And thank you very much for your time tonight.
2: Well, thank you for having me, and I really enjoyed it and continue to do good work.
0: Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Career 100 podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next podcast, where we'll continue to interview experts in the top 100 careers for 2011, giving you the insider's view of their chosen profession. If you'd like more information about planning and saving for college and to instantly download your free copy of College Funding Resources Report, Five Strategies That Parents Need to Start Using Today to Cut Their College Costs Tomorrow, visit www.collegefundingresource.com. That's www.collegefundingresource.com. This is Kathy Davis for the Career 100 Podcast.